reaching Israel and the world. Baruch Hashem, beloved one, bless the name of the Lord. My name is Rabbi Schneider with my beautiful wife, Cynthia. We're looking today at Psalm number 103. And what I love about Psalm 103 is that David was continually choosing to be thankful to the Lord. Let me ask a question, honey. Do you think people that are in heaven, do you think anybody that's in heaven will ever be kicked out? No. No, because it's impossible to sin once we're in heaven. And do you think anybody that's in hell will ever become good enough in hell to get out of hell and go to heaven? No, No. it's too late. It's too late. But here we have a choice. The Torah says that while we're on earth, the Lord has put before us life and death. And he said, choose life that you might live. How does this concept of being responsible for your choices set with you every day? Mm, you, You know, I've actually, the Holy Spirit's taught me up that even in my internal conversations that go on in my head, I've found that I have to stop myself at times and say, I choose life. Amen. You know, there can be these negative, depressed, death-like thoughts and even death-like thoughts about somebody else. And I say, no, I rebuke it. I choose life and agree with life. And you do, honey, Baruch Hashem. I'm so thankful for you. God bless you. I pray that this episode really brings life to your heart and strengthens you in your walk with Hashem. In Psalm number 103, David praises the Lord and he speaks about God as being a compassionate God. And he says, the Lord is compassionate. If you were with me last week, I began to develop that. We are now in season two, episode two, in a series on Psalm number 103. This is such an incredible psalm because it gives us the ability to look at our life through a lens and to bring our soul into proper alignment as one that walks before Hashem, before Father God, as one that is thankful and as one that is showing gratitude for the life that we've been given. You see, David in Psalm number 103 begins by thanking God for simply being alive. He said, I'm going to bless you with my whole soul and with all that is within me because I realize, David was saying in essence, that my whole life is a gift from you. And then David began to one by one speak about all the goodnesses of Hashem, of Father God, that had come into his life. And we're reminding ourselves today, beloved ones, of all the goodness of God that has come into our life. And it's so important to do this because what we focus on is going to determine how we are. As a man thinketh, so he is. And because we're faced with so many challenges in life, it's easy at times to get distracted to be overwhelmed by the negatives, to be overwhelmed by the stress, to be overwhelmed by the pain and by the challenges, and being overwhelmed then, we can get under the powers of darkness, and rather than leading a life of gratitude and thanksgiving and praise, we can instead find ourselves, if we're not careful, walking around in a spirit of cursing and bitterness, negativity and frustration, which is from the realm of darkness, separates us from the life of God, 
and keeps us from joy and fulfillment. Psalm number 103 really is a lesson in how to walk and if we practice the precepts that are in this psalm, we will truly experience a full and a joyful and rich life. So I'm not going to go back and review everything that I've covered. I've covered so much. I really want to encourage you, go back and watch all the other episodes in both the first season and the previous episodes in this season. Last week, I left off by focusing on the eighth verse where David said, The Lord, which comes from four Hebrew letters here, the word Lord, yud heh vav heh it's oftentimes referred to as the tetragrammaton, and it defines the Lord as the one who is, who was, and who is to come. He is the beer. He is self-existent. He's not of time, although he exists in time. He's not in a place, although his presence fills all places. He is reality, and everything else that exists is created from him. This one that created all things, that is before all things, is self-existent, he is compassionate. It's so wonderful, it's overwhelming. The eternal God is compassionate. This word, as I mentioned last week, compassionate, is also spoken of in the book of Exodus, chapter 34, where Moses has a face-to-face -face encounter with God. Moses is in the cleft of the rock calling upon Hashem's name. And Hashem comes to him and reveals himself to Moses, filling Moses with revelation, knowledge, and light. And as the Lord fills Moses with revelation and light, God speaks inside Moses' being so that Moses knows who the divine is. And the Lord says to Moses, I am Rahum. I am compassionate. The first thing that the Lord shows Moses regarding his nature is his compassion. It's important for us to understand this because oftentimes we don't realize the depths of God's compassion. Because we face so many hardships in this life, we have so much pain that we have a difficult time understanding that God cares that he's with us and that he's compassionate. Look what David says here in regards to his compassion. Verse number 13. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Verse 14. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. And we're going to continue on there in a second, but this is all about Hashem's compassion. So the challenge for us today that we want to face and want to build a bridge over is intellectually recognizing and, and reconciling how it is that God is compassionate despite the fact that it seems sometimes that he leaves us to walk a path that involves a lot of pain when he could alleviate the pain. So again, beloved child of God, church, if God is compassionate, why does he not take away some of the pain and the trials and the challenges that we're experiencing in life? And I began to address that last week. I want to get back to that right now. Without challenges, we don't grow. Your challenges are the starting point from which you develop. Even, listen, the overcoming 
of the principle of sin within you is a gift to you because through your overcoming your sinful nature, we all have within us the principle of sin. Paul said, I find the principle that evil dwells in me, Paul said, the one that wishes to do good, and that's true of all of us. All of us have within us both God's spirit and his imprint so that we desire good, but also within us there's a principle of evil. Paul said, no good thing dwelleth in me that is in my flesh, and the challenge for us is to overcome the evil inclination by our love and commitment to Hashem, to Father God, through the power of Yeshua's Spirit, of Jesus' Spirit in us. So your sin nature, stay with me now, is actually a gift to you because you've been given, because of your sin nature, the ability and the opportunity by Hashem, by Father God through Jesus' Spirit, to overcome it. Let me say it again. Your trials, your tribulations, your tests, and your sin nature is actually a gift to you from Hashem. When I say Hashem, that's God's name. It's a way of saying Baruch Hashem, bless the name of the Lord. It's a gift to you from Father God because you now have an opportunity to overcome and it's in your overcoming that you become all God has called you to be. You see, if it was all easy, you wouldn't be able to mature into the type of human creation, human being, one that's created in God's image. You wouldn't develop into the fullness of who he wants you to be. Let me give you an example. Jesus said, don't just love your friends, love your enemies too. Because if you just love your friends, that's not really the type of love, Jesus said, that I'm calling you to. Even sinners love their friends. Jesus said, I'm calling you to love your enemies. The point? In order to love our enemies, we have to now overcome the tendency within us to hate our enemies. It takes work. But in working to overcome the tendency to dislike our enemies and to not care about our enemies, to rather love them instead like Jesus that was crucified. And while he's being crucified, he said of those that crucified him, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Like he that even loved his enemies, he's calling us up to that level too. doing here is we're reaching people that are separated from God to bring the light of Messiah Jesus to people that are not watching Christian television. And so what we've done is we put this billboard up, whoami.com, and we're asking three questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And is there more than this? Uh, for me, who am I is music. Um, music. Music. Yes, I love music. I'm still on a journey and on the path of learning. Who am I? So I can't really answer that question 100%, but I know I'm here for a purpose. I think everybody comes and wonders why they exist. Um, it's a soul-searching kind of a thing. With evolution, we uh, grow. That's the reason I think we are here. How relevant is Jesus to you in your life now? Do you believe Jesus is God? I want to ask you this question, honest to goodness. 
Have you ever completely turned to Jesus to live for him fully? No, not as yet. I can honestly say that. And I want to ask you, are you ready to do that, John, right now? Yes. Father, I'm ready. Father, I'm ready. For a new life. For a new life. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. For forgiving me for my sin. I want to live for you. I want to live for you. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. I love you, my brother. I love you too. Amen. Is the Lord leading you to help Rabbi Schneider around the world? From teaching pastors and evangelism to large crowds in Africa, South America, the Caribbean, and more, to preaching and ministering to God's chosen people in Israel, and a dynamic television ministry, Discovering the Jewish Jesus is reaching the world for Christ. With your support, you'll help send Rabbi to deliver the truth of God's Word to people who may never hear unless you send him. Visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or call 800-777-7835 to confirm your part in helping Rabbi build up believers in their faith and change lives all over the world. Let me back up again. We're talking about compassion and we're trying to reconcile how it is that God's compassionate when we have all these problems, all these challenges. We have to overcome our sinful nature. Why doesn't God just take it away? Why did God let Adam and Eve fall in the first place? How, how is it that he's so compassionate? Couldn't he have stopped it? Couldn't he have stopped Adam and Eve from falling so we didn't have all these struggles that we have on earth today? I mean, didn't all the struggles come because Adam and Eve fell? Remember when Adam and Eve sinned? God said to Adam, because you did this, you're going to have to toil by the sweat of your brow to bring forth the, you know, the crops from the earth. You're going to have to earn your living by the sweat of your brow. And to Eve, because you fell, you're going to have pain and childbearing. In other words, all the problems that we're experiencing today, the thorns and thistles of life, have come into the world because of the fall. So if God cared that much, why didn't he do something different? Why didn't he prevent Adam and Eve? from falling. If he knew it was going to happen, why didn't he take a different course when he created things and create a world in which Adam and Eve would not fall? The point that I'm making is we need the challenges. We need the hard times. We need to go through painful things in our life. We even need to learn how to overcome sin in our life. And all of these are part of God's plan because through overcoming we become who God wants us to be. And if we never had to overcome anything, we could never really become what God has called us to be. Because unless goodness is chosen, rather than just given to us without us having to do anything, goodness isn't really goodness in its truest form. God said, I've put before you life and death choose life that you would live. If love wasn't a choice, if it was just automatic, if we didn't have to choose to love, it really wouldn't be love in the truest sense of the word. Love has to be chosen. And so God has put us in this world. We have to overcome. We have to choose Him, choose goodness, choose to love. And in so doing, we become all that he has created us to become. The darkness was necessary. So don't confuse the fact that you have pain in your life, that you have struggle, that there are tendencies in your life that are related to sin that you have to overcome. 
don't confuse that with thinking that God doesn't love you, that he doesn't care, or isn't compassionate. Rather, these challenges, listen now, are the starting point from which you grow and from which you overcome and enter into victory. Seven times in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, Yeshua said, He that overcomes will inherit these things. He that overcomes will inherit these things. And so all these challenges are God's gift to you so that you could choose Him, choose goodness, overcome, in so doing become all that He's called you and destined you to be. And what has He called you and I to become? To become partners with Him in love. You see, He created us, you and I, to give us His love and also so that he could receive enjoyment when we choose to love him back. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro across the earth. It's anthropomorphic language. Of course, God's present everywhere. He sees everything. But God is just trying to convey the concept to us that his eyes are moving to and fro across the earth looking for somebody that will be fully devoted to him so that he can show himself strong in their life. He's looking for us to love him. If we're going to please God, we must, number one, believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's looking for us to respond. And if everything was automatic, if we didn't have to choose, then there would be no response. It wouldn't be real love. We would be brainless robots. And so, I'm trying to help you make sense of reality. God is compassionate. He loves you. He's closer to you and I than our next heartbeat. The problem is not that he's too far away. The problem is that he's so close that sometimes we're afraid to let him in. He's so close to us, we're afraid to let him so close because we feel vulnerable. We're afraid of shame. We're afraid of how we might have to change. God is right here. He's just waiting for you and I to open our heart. And he's going to give us all the power we need to overcome everything and to enter into his fullness. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard the things that Hashem has planned for those that love him. And we can overcome all things through Messiah Jesus within us that strengthens us. God is compassionate. Even though life is painful, we're in his womb. We, we are, we're the objects of his compassion, his rachum, taken from the concept of a mother's womb. We're safe in him and secure in him. He'll never let us be tested beyond what we're able to endure. He'll never put us in a situation that we can't handle with his help. Beloved, God is with us. Be strong in the might of the Lord and in the glory of his power. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass as the flower of the field. So he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. Its place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And so I want to encourage you as we read this, he knows your dust. He knows I'm dust. We are so fragile in this world. The, the wind blows, it says here. It says, as for man, his days are like grass, as the flower of the field. When the wind has passed over, it is no more. Its place acknowledges it no longer. You and I, without him, we are so fragile in this world. 
And knowing that, knowing that the Lord, you know, the Lord, he sees this. He's just asking for you and I to be fully open to him. Again, it's not that he's far away. He's so close. He's standing at the door of your heart and knocking. He's so close. He's right in front of our face. The scripture says he's not in heaven, that we have to go to heaven to find him. He's not at the bottom of the sea, that we have to go to the bottom of the sea to find him. Paul said, no, he's in our heart. And all we have to do is open up our life to God like a flower that opens up to the sun above. We have to open our life to God, talking to him all day, talking to God all day long, sharing everything with him. And the more we open up to him, the more he can come in because he can't come into places that haven't been open to him. Remember, Jesus said he stands at the door of our heart and knocks. And if any man will open the door, he will come in. Jesus didn't say he was going to plow the door down and come in. He said he's knocking, and if we open, he'll come in. And this is true not just of a one-time salvation prayer of receiving Yeshua. This is true, beloved one, of a continual evolving, opening our soul up to him. And so he only comes in to the places that we've opened to him. That's why it's so important to spend time alone with God so that you can get in touch with not just his presence in your life, but with your own soul. A lot of times we don't know what's going on in our soul because we're so busy and distracted because we're so involved in the things outside ourselves, whether it's work or relationships or addictions to things. We're so connected to the outside, we don't ha- we're not in touch with what's going on inside. Most people that go to psychiatrists, they don't have any concept of what's going on inside. But when we spend time alone with God, we're forced to face what's going on inside. It's painful. But then as we begin to talk to God about what's going on inside, as we allow ourselves to feel our pain, as we allow ourselves to express our fear, as we allow ourselves to feel our sadness, as we allow ourselves to feel our exhaustion and our hopelessness and begin to open that up to Hashem, to God, and begin to invite Him in and begin to cry out to Him, He comes in, fills those places. And you then begin, beloved ones, to rise up. The Spirit of the Lord begins to fill you and I. He begins to fill up our soul so that we become rich in the Spirit of God, learning then how to live in His power and to walk in His fullness. And as we do this, we're going to become more and more like Dovid Melech, King David in Psalm number 103. They said, I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord with all that is within me. He was filled, beloved ones, with the knowledge of God. You see, there's a purpose for your life. It's to know Him. Let's give ourselves to Him. Let's keep out of our our lives those things that will take us away from Him. And let's give ourselves completely to those things that will bring us deeper into them. This is Rabbi Schneider saying to you, these words are real. They're true words of God. I hope that you'll act on them and put them in place in your life. Let's grow together in our walk with Hashem, entering deeper and deeper in to the riches of His love. Tell a friend about this broadcast. I hope you'll join me next week. Until then, once again, I love you. Shalom and Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord abides forever. I'm reading from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 7. 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is in the Lord. A true barometer for how much you and I really trust the Lord is seen in how we handle our finances. If we really trust the Lord, we're gonna honor him with our wealth. Beloved, I want to encourage you, let's be faithful to the Lord with our hearts and show it by how we honor him with our finances. I know this, the Lord promised in the book of Malachi, when we honor him with the first of our finances, he opens the windows of heaven for us. He responds. I want to encourage you today, if the Lord is feeding you through this ministry, if you sense his love for you through this ministry, would you honor him with your finances through this ministry? Jesus said it will come back to you, pressed down, good measure, and running over into your lap. Thank you and God bless you. Shalom. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Give by credit card at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, speak these words over my people and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yavarech Vaishmarecha Yair Yahweh Penavelecha Vihunecha Yisa Yahweh Penavelecha Veasem Le Shalom. May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, as beloved child, to give you His peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, find out how Psalm 103 teaches you how to align yourself with God in order to see His glory revealed in your life.